Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. This Father's Day, the Home Depot has the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's the groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. This Father's Day, power dad's doing with the convenience and gas-like power of Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. Find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of 1 carat plus and receive a free natural 1 carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. sensation you're a new author in the book from what i've seen from the reviews i've been reading from what i've been hearing about the book the book is just sensational you cover so many topics about your life sharing the nitty-gritty which is a big deal to go ahead and just put everything out there um and the book is called funny how things work out and you just released this right looky there funny how it works out funny how it works out yeah yeah a couple weeks ago it, it uh, released on, you know, all the websites, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Target. And, uh, yeah, I started writing it in January. First of all, thank you for having me on. It's nice to meet you. I am just thrilled that you're on. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I started writing it in January, and now it's out. It's crazy. You wrote a but it's been a it's been a and it's out. <laughs> like most people take like three years to a, like get the book deal, write the book, get it out, do all the things. Like January? What? <laughs> do you move? Yeah, I mean, I didn't get a book. I I guess I do. But you're also a man. Now that you say that, you're a man investor. I don't know how you say that. Manifester. Yeah, man, man investor. I'm making it all about me. Um. Yeah, I I had actually been wanting and thinking about writing a book for like four or five years. So it's been in the back of my mind, but it really wasn't until, you know, the demise of some things in my life that really propelled me to go, okay, I have to tell my story. Now I have something really tremendous to share. And it really all worked out. I, had, I was on a Facebook Live and I was like saying, you know, a couple of people were like, you should write a book. And I was like, I do want to write a book. And then I got an email from a, an independent publisher 
this guy, basically. He really helped me with the process and helped keep me accountable. Because left to my own devices, I'm not just going to sit down and write a book. Like, no thanks. Yeah, but he, you know. I, what was the process that he did to keep you accountable? <clears throat> he um, gave me ideas of what to talk about and how to do it. Um, gave me deadlines and dates, um, which is really helpful for me because I'm not that organized and I don't ever want to disappoint somebody else. And so I'm more likely to get stuff finished when I have someone else waiting on the other end. <laughs> and so I didn't want to disappoint him. And so I really was just doing it out of people pleasing, but knew, knowing that it was going to result in something that later I wanted, you know, I came up on like Vine and Instagram and TikTok where it's like, immediate immediate gratification so like a book is a process you have to be patient it's like making a film you have to organize and be patient what do I want to say and ask the hard questions whereas I was used to kind of like supply demand real quick so you but started, it was good it started because of the demise I, I saw on your Instagram you wrote this after your divorce Mm -hmm. what how did the divorce prompt you to do this and I saw that you posted these beautiful pictures how how are you dealing how are you dealing with that within your book, within your life? Because I thought it was amazing that you, after the fact, were still able to post these pictures and have these beautiful things to say about your marriage. Thank you. Thank you um, for acknowledging that. I definitely um, congrats on your your baby, by the way, your new baby. That's a lot. I want to be a mother someday. So you'll be an amazing you'll have to thank you. You'll have to give me some tips. Um what? You're just winging it, really. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it'll be what it'll be one day at a time, right? <laughs> yeah. um, I, I, you know, I got into this kind of spiritual lifestyle about seeking truth. You know, I love the, I love how it's like, get real, get honest with women. And it's like, you know, we've lived in a society for a very long time that tells us certain story. And I think things are shifting right now, which I really, really love. Um, I was always under the impression that um, growing up and being programmed by certain films that I've watched and certain songs and just like, I always kind of felt like I was seeking to find the guy, the one. I get that. Me too. Always. Yeah. I was like, I was literally like walking around even as a kid, like, are you him? Are you him? Are you him? Are you her? You her? But I, I, Same. Always. Like I lived my whole life trying to figure out where my husband was. Yeah. And it was always, it was like, it was like nothing really else mattered until I could find this one person. And it wasn't like a thing that kept me up at night. It was just always in the back of my mind of like, I'll know it when I see him. And I can't wait for that day. And, and that I'm going to ultimate goal. Yeah. And I, and I'm going to do everything in my power. Um, Cause I was a, I was a big drinker in my early twenties and I, and I really cleaned up my act and I started soul searching and doing all these spiritual workshops. And I was like, I'm going to become the best me that I can be so that when I find him, I'm ready. And it just felt like this ongoing journey. So in 2017, when I, I had just moved to New York and I was, it's, it's a crazy story because I just want to, I have to tell the whole thing. Um, I was, it was Halloween night and I was online and I was on Instagram and I saw this story, like an Instagram story. And there was this man in it and there was something about his energy. I didn't even see his face. I just felt this energy through the phone. And oddly enough, I was moving the next day to a, a, a different apartment in New York 
And uh, I went back to his page and I was like, I feel like I know this person. Like I just know him. And I went to send him a message and saw that he had already written me 18 months before. Oh, wow. So it was like connection. Yeah. And he lived in Australia. So like for him to reach out and for me to reach out, it was more or less love at first sight. Like when we first FaceTimed, the first thoughts that I had were, oh, that's the man I'm going to marry. And all the thing that I'd been looking for for 30 years came to fruition. And I went, there he is. I knew it. And within moments, we were falling in love and having that deep, deep connection. He flew from wherever he was to come meet me in Madison Square Park. And we, we held each other and we cried. Dang. So like, was and the it, first initial meeting just like everything you had thought it would be? Yeah. And also, yeah, it was a drama because y'all had met each other long distance and he's from Australia and he's flying to see you and you meet in the park like the movie. So it's like literally the fair. It was a movie. Everything. Yeah. Shot in Madison Square Park, by the way, where so many movies are, are filmed anyway. So it was just heart racing, like literally. And I write this in my book. It's not my book isn't about my marriage. It's about my life. But there is a chapter on there because I have to tell the whole story because I brought everybody along on this journey of like, I met the one and we, we knew we were going to get married and right away, like there was like the love and in my, in fact, my mom, uh, she was like, she texted me and she said, how, how did the move go? And I said, good. And I met the man I'm going to marry. And she's like, wow, what a day. (laughs) (laughs) But like I texted both my parents. I was like, I met the guy and you know, I'd never said that before. So they, they took it serious and he actually went and had a, he was actually happened to be visiting in LA before he came. Um, and so that's where I'm from. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. And, uh, he ended up having a coffee with my mom before he came to meet me in person. That's how committed he was. Wow. He met the mom first. Okay. Because she goes, I go, I say this, you know, my husband, he's going to come stay with me. And, and she goes, well, should I meet him? And I'm like, no. And then I told him, she said that. And he's like, oh, I'd love to meet you, mom. Oh. So and then they perfect. met for two hours. Everything's just perfect. Yeah. So it's all. Everything's perfect. Lining up. Everything's lining up. Um, and there's a lot more detail in the book, like I said, but. More or less, like four and a half months later, I go to Australia, I meet his family, he proposes, it's beautiful, we're sobbing, there's photos, and they look like movie posters, and then he moves over to New York, and we live together, and I'd never lived with a guy before, and so there was the end, and we were living in New York in a shoebox. So it was definitely a huge growth opportunity. And um, and then we got married about a year ago today, actually. No, not a year ago today, July, about a year ago. Um, we had the wedding of our dreams and, um, and then like a month, a month after the wedding, uh, I found out some stuff that, that made me rethink the whole relationship. Like it was too was, good to be true? Yeah, basically it was, it was too good to be true. And it wasn't as honest as I had thought it was. And Um, I have a huge thing about integrity and being true to your word. Um, and he didn't, I guess. Um, and it was, it was really painful and heartbreaking and made me question 
my own uh, picker. So I'm like, how did I, how did I not see this? Like what, 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 what did I miss kind of thing? And now kind of, you know, it's been a year. And so, you know, now I have more things to look out for. You know, I grew up in LA. My parents were really loving. I didn't have a ton, you know, I had my own trauma, but it wasn't nothing to do with lying and withholding and stuff like that. It was more of like, you know, I never felt enough. It was the kind of the human condition of that kind of thing that we all can sometimes feel, which is, oh, we're not good enough or fear, 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 fear. But I never really believed, I hadn't had that, you know, backstabbing betrayal right. happen, at least not to my knowledge until this, until this happened. And so it was very, cause he treated me like a queen, like, and everybody in my life, you know how like there's those women that sometimes will get in relationships and everyone around them is like, stop. You know, and then it's like, oh, we told, tried to tell you that he's a cheater or whatever. Yeah. This was like, everybody in my life was like, you met your perfect person. He's so darling. Like, it was just, a lot of people were very disappointed. So and how, that how is why. How did it come, like, how did you even discover it if it was all hidden? Like, how does, how does one unearth these things? Instagram. <laughs> Instagram's a great place and screenshotting is very good for uh, uh, dissolving a truth in a person's brain. So if I have one belief, but I see something else visually, like hearsay is one thing, but seeing it visually on screenshots can really do a lot. And so he just didn't hide it. He didn't, he didn't do a good, he just, I don't know. Yeah. So I had, he, so the girl, uh, that <laughs> my friend, my friend, my, my best friend in the world, Travis, I, it's all in the book, but my best friend, Travis sat me down basically right the day I got the wedding photos too. I was like, come look at the wedding photos. He's like, I need to take you to a coffee. And I was like, come look at the wedding photos. He's like, no, I need to take you to the co a coffee. And I was like, that's weird. He probably has a surprise for me. So opposite. And it was just like, he grabbed my arm, him and his girlfriend, um, both grabbed my arm and they're like, we're going to tell you something and it, it's going to be pretty hard to hear. And I'm like, huh? And they said that this girl reached out to them and said, Manon's going to really need a friend right now. Wow. Because I have some stuff to show you, you know, and I won't go into detail about what it was, but you can imagine it, basically anything that a person imagines is what it was. Anything horrific is what it is. <laughs> and I spent this basically this whole year grieving and part of writing the book was part of that cathartic experience of, of getting, you know, I, I did leave a lot out as well um, because I had to really not, I really had to see how spiritual I was when that stuff hit the fan because you can be live on the top of a mountain and be like, Oh, I'm spiritual and I feel good. But, but what about when this, this, this happens, how, how are you going to deal with it? And it was like the biggest pr practice for me to set boundaries, to see how good I was at not taking things personally, not making it about me. Wow. Right? That's a big deal. That's hard. Yeah. It's, it, it is. It's hard not to go, wait, 
you know, cause there was things said about me, which made it, which made it way worse. But, um, I didn't actually believe the things that he said. So that's why it didn't really land on me because one of the things that he said to her was man, not funny. And I'm like, well, that's ridiculous. Yeah, your your whole thing. Everyone knows you're funny. Like you're like, it like, can't be true for some. Yeah, reason. like said I'm not funny, that I'm not sexy, all these things, and I was just like, that's so strange because he tells me every day how sexy and funny I am. So either he's lying to me or he's lying to her. And 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 I instead of saying am I, I asked a different question, which was, what would make him do that? And. The answer I got was like that he just didn't, he doesn't feel good enough and that he had to make me small in order to feel big and powerful to this stranger. I don't really know what else to say. Like, I always wonder why go through the whole process of the marriage and the joining of the lives and all of that to not stick with that commitment. No one is forcing anyone to get married. Like, you know, there's no, he didn't have to ask me. He didn't have to ask me. Like why? I gave him so many opportunities. I don't know. I actually am still scratching my head at that because I'm going, he tattooed my name on his chest, on his, across his heart. And some major issues he has not dealt with. Really. <laughs> yes. And he's, he, yes. Are we and he's like a bipolar one of them? Like where it's like two different personality he might be too yeah he might have that he might have that i i don't know yeah um i know he's in a lot of pain and and you know then the night that i confronted him about it you know he immediately admitted it and just spent pretty much 48 hours crying and i sage and showered him and i basically i took care of him wow because i don't think he's ever faced his own shit before I don't know if we're allowed to curse, but oh, you can he's, never fa- he's never fake. He's never, I don't know. I just, I, I saw it as a man who just didn't feel good enough and um, self-sabotaged. Yeah. And, you know, because it is weird that he would have his whole family come to this beautiful wedding and, you know, he didn't have to do, he didn't have to do any of the stuff, but he did. And that, that's where I really struggled to go. Okay. I don't condone cheating. Obviously I would have rathered him slept with someone one night accidentally, <laughs> not accidentally, but it's just, it's so different when it, the, the, the amount of time that it was and the things that he uttered about his new wife when he treated me so like we had, we never fought. It was a beautiful relationship. He's such a kind hearted person, loves animals. Like it made no, I still, y'all had a great, it doesn't make it. It made no, it still doesn't. I still, a year later I'm going, I don't, I, I don't know if I'll ever understand. So what does that do to someone like you and someone like me? Cause I relate to you so much. My whole life I've been looking for the one, the, the, the prince charming to sweeten on my feet to save me to like heal this part of me because I have always not felt worthy. Like I have always felt like I was not good enough. I have always felt like there was something missing from me. That has been my biggest struggle ever. And it's not that I didn't have like great support of parents and friends and all that stuff. I didn't have any like huge trauma happen to me when I was younger. For whatever reason, that was that's been the thing I've carried around with me also. So I totally related when you were saying that. 
what happens though when the fairy tale comes the prayers are answered the hole is filled and then it's shattered like how do you how do you navigate from that spot because i would be feeling very similar to you and like oh my god it's here i've been praying for this i've been waiting for this i've been wanting to manifest this and it's arrived and then how do you deal with that like has your does it jade you make you jaded against love ever again does it how do you know like how do you move oh totally i i there's been a couple people that are talking about marriage and my first gut thing is don't do it and i've never been like that i've i've always been like you know so positively focused about like everyone's experiences their own and whatever and i definitely believe like i wouldn't have married him had i not was I not sure? And so it's just kind of made me have a little bit more discernment where I was kind of too far on, I trust everybody. Everybody has my back. Everybody loves me. Like I just kind of was living in la la land a little bit like a child, which is beautiful. I don't want to lose that sense of that there's good in the world, but now I can, I can actually look back in hindsight and pick out where maybe I didn't follow my gut because I was so focused and love is blind, right? Like I was so focused on the story and I found the guy and da, 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 that I go, you know what? He did tell me he loved me the day he met me. I don't, I would actually now say instead of, um, I would now actually say if someone does that, that on the break. <laughs> Red flag. Um, yeah. Whereas the day it happened, I, I said it immediately back. I wasn't like, what? I, I was right there with him. This wasn't like his doing. I was, I was right there. And so that's why it was really hard for me to be like, he's crazy because I participated. I, I felt everything. I saw past lives. I felt this deep, deep, and it might still be that we had past lives together and that we do will always spiritually be connected. But that doesn't mean we need to be in a romantic marriage partnership together for life because the truth be told, he has a very, he has, according to what he has said, a very traumatic past and I haven't. And there was a light, there was a heaviness and a lightness that was kind of out of balance at times. And it, it did feel, I will say that when we, when we split, I felt a lot lighter. And there was a little bit of a, oh, okay, well, I got my experience. Like I had the experience of that high of like, I found the one and oh my God, I had the dream wedding. And, and now it's just like, I'm kind of taking life as like, I don't know. Rather than where is he? I, I have this, I don't have that anymore. Like the, where is he? Which is really nice to be like, I don't know. I'm just going to appreciate the day and appreciate the people that come in. And, and it actually has, I'm a lot happier now. Like I find a lot more lightness and joy. And I did not think I would be saying that, you know, a year ago at all or 10 months ago or whenever it was. Cause we ended up going to three months of therapy and I was like, well, maybe he wants to change and all these things. Cause I do believe that like I did, if I had, a, had I not married him, I would have walked away immediately. But because I married him, I thought this deserves extra attention and look, he's admitting and he does want to change. Um, and that therapy was really beautiful. It was wonderful. And I'm really glad I did it, but it wasn't until about last end of December where I was asking the universe, tell me what to do. Cause I was really struggling. 
What are they really Did you get a sign? To, to, to get the F out? <laughs> I got, I got, I got three signs. What were they? Um, one of them was checking his phone because the therapist suggested that I do that yep. in order to see something else for my unconscious mind because I saw so much damage. And so for me to see that there's nothing on his phone would actually be a good thing to do. Yeah. Um, normally I, I never checked phones before. Right. Never thought, right. never with big two. Um, I was never a snooper, never someone that I just, I was so convinced that he was just obsessed with me and just loved me so much. Um, and he may have, I, I really, I don't, I think whatever. And so, so I strike one was the, the original incident strike two was checking his phone and, and seeing some stuff that gave me a clue that he wasn't in fact changing. Strike three was Christmas Eve. Um, I was really struggling. This is when I was like, I'm, I, I'm at 2% man. Like I, I don't, I, I don't know. I actually don't know. I'm, I'm hanging by a thread. If there's any uh, discord or any sneakiness, I'm, I'm out of here. And I want to give you that warning so you, that you're not blindsided like I was. And I met up with my friend, one of my closest friends and she told me a story and it was just perfect. It was perfect. And it allowed me to, to, uh, it made the decision for me. It was just, he, she told me about, she was hiring a, a nanny who happened to work with him and relate, you know, it's like the universe will find you like, yeah, it will. and it, it was just perfect. It was, it came through the two times that it would came to my attention was the two people that I trust and love the most. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like some random girl that was like, Hey, it was like, two people that I trust more than anything that have had my back for years. They're like, I need to tell you something. And I was like free in that moment. And I, yeah. And now, you know, and then I've posted since like we are, we're, we've split and I've, I've done everything in my power to kind of move towards forgiveness because that is what sets us free, right? Like it's not going to do me any good to hold on to this anger and to like bash him. That's why when right? you like, that, what the wedding pictures, I was like, you are a badass. Like that is a beautiful, um, broken hearted tribute. It's like all the things in one. I was like, that's really amazing that you could still find the beauty and <sighs> the, the, the good part of what it was juxtapose juxtaposition I never know that word uh, with the brokenhearted side of it like that was really powerful I thought thank you thank you for saying that I since the books come out I feel a little bit a new a brand new rage that has arisen within me you know I posted that when I was a little bit more like <laughs> peaceful because um, I've gotten some new fresh messages from different women Ugh. I was not expecting that. That's, that's not what I anticipated at all. So I definitely am feeling a bit raw and like, oh, wow. realizing there's more uh, dishonesty that I wasn't aware of. And so I'm feeling less and less inclined to protect right. his image. 
Has um, he reached out to you about the book or anything? Like, how could you share this information or have y'all just like nothing? Well, I warned him. You know, I called him a couple weeks before the book came out. I said, I just want to let you know that I do write about my experience um, about what happened. And uh, he he said, okay. I mean, first he said, okay, well, I will sue you. And then I started okay. crying. And, and I wondered, like, if he was going to try to do legal action or something. Well, well, trust me, I, I, I thought about that. Um, and then he, he said, man, and I'm joking. I would never do that. But he was so serious when he said that. I almost think he said it to get a rise out of me, which again, I don't, I don't love that he would do that. Um, but apparently you can't sue the truth. That makes sense. Yeah. Like I actually didn't say, I didn't tell if in the book I tell what happened, but I really left so much out and you, you know, I, I really made sure to be delicate with it and to wrap it up as not to make him uh, the bad guy, but more of how can I get through this? Cause I, cause I know women, so many people, people in general have gone through this type of heartbreak and the point is not to, um, stay uh, in those relationships and to not close our hearts. Cause after this, I want to go, I swear off relationships. The point is not to like, how dare I close off my heart because of another man's pain? No, no, that's his right. And so I'm going to remain in the forgiveness. I'm going to set when he comes in my brain, I'm going to send him love because that's what makes me feel good. It's not easy the first few times you do it, but then you start to get used to it. And then all of a sudden you start thinking of them and it's easier and it's more digestible. And you're like, mm, I'm happy I moved on. Like know when to walk away. Sometimes you can't because it's been 10 years and you have kids and it is worth working through. But this was, we were newly married, you know, and I, I gave it all I could. And I thought, you know, this is just way too soon to be totally messing around like that. Like not okay. And not okay. It, it's not okay. And the reason I write about it and talk about it is because, you know, I don't want to be one of those people that are just like, this is what, I, this is my side of the coin. That's just so perfect all the time. Like, no, I, I go through so much crap. I've been heartbroken. And if I can share this and how I got through it, then the, then women can write to me going, I went through something similar and I've, it's been 10 years and I'm finally feeling like I can get, get past it because we shouldn't be holding on to this stuff for 10 years. There's a grieving process and feel the feelings, but the point is not to be like, now let me generalize and make all men pigs because they're not. Right, yeah. There, there are some very great men out there with good intentions, morals, ethics that that have never cheated and have never gone behind and not lied. And, and so I will, and am going to find the perfect, beautiful person. And I will go in differently this time. I will have precautions and I will wait until I say or share certain things. And I will actually have a new pair of eyes that I go in with to look out for X, Y, and Z because I have some new discernment. And so really it's a gift. And I probably wouldn't have written the book either. So I just kind of have to focus on what's, what's good and, you know, see it as he gave me a gift and what I do with it is not up to him. And you know what though, which I, cause I relate to you on so many levels. I mean, not, not what you went through in particular, but like the love and the romance and the desire for the partner and all that. 
maybe the, one of the lessons is, and they, we, we see this in fairy tales and stories where the man always comes in and saves the woman and like saves her and like swoops her off and makes her life perfect. Maybe the one of the lessons is you don't need saving. Like you don't need anyone to save you because you are so wonderful, fully equipped, capable, and whole on your own. But maybe that's one of the lessons that he was able to show you is like, here's the perfect picture, but maybe the perfect picture just doesn't even exist. And it's just a compliment to you. Like the person that you do end up with is just someone who compliments you, but maybe isn't this person who just completes you. Like they say in Jeremy Maguire, you complete me. Does anyone really complete us? You know? No, no, we complete ourselves. We already are whole and complete. And that's like the last page of my book is basically saying I found the love within myself that I thought I didn't have or whatever that I was seeking outward. And it's absolutely because I love companionship. I'm not trying to be alone in this world by any means, but I want to be able to. And I think I am in a place where I love being alone. And I also love spending time with people. And, you know, when he moved out, it was like, you know, the universe took care of me and brought my friend Shannon from from uh, Canada and we were just like two young girls playing and I was way happier and I was like, oh, this is so interesting. You know, like I just, I just want to play, I just want to feel free in the world and I don't need a man. Um, I desire one occasionally, but I don't need it to feel okay. You know, we're all trying to pacify and whether it's a man, alcohol, food, whatever it is, it's like, can we just feel okay within ourselves? Can we just actually have evidence that, that we are complete? Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. So you said two things I would love to talk to you about. You said you just want to play and then you knew the universe would take care of you. How I feel 
gosh. You say, I just want to play. Like, I think about that. Sometimes I get so bogged down by life and, like, all the things happening in the world that are so, like, sad and scary. And sometimes, like, I have a hard time being playful or being lighthearted. But really, that is a lot of times the medicine that we all need for ourselves and need to share is to show that we don't have to live in the full heaviness that's happening like you've been talking about this coin, there's another side and it's playfulness and it's joyfulness and it's childlike behavior and it's laughing. And it's like, you offer so much of that to the world through your stories and your mm. videos and all your skits that you put on and you do like, I was watching every single one of your Instagram videos and I was laughing and I was like, oh my God, this feels so good to see you, the way you like do your voices and your personalities and you like, one that got me, I watched it like six times. You were outside at like a barbecue with a, a guy and like you're doing like a really sexy dance. And then a part of the song came on that was intense and you just switched into this other personality. And I like cried laughing. I was like, because you went from like being so sexy to being just like not, I'm trying not to be sexy at all. And I laughed so hard. And I was like, what a gift that you do that with your life and that you offer that play for yourself and others and how do you stay in that playful zone because it is so beautiful and it's so needed thank you that's i love that i wish i could view in people's reactions because comments are one thing but i don't really like ever get to see how people view it and so just seeing you light up like that and share <laughs> that it means it means a lot and it's inspiring me to want to do more I was, it was so unexpected. Like, I was like, okay, she's really sexy. Like, this is funny. And then it switched and I was like rolling on the floor. It was so funny. It cracked me up and I needed to laugh like that. Like, I don't ever cry laughing just on the regular. But to have someone like you, who you just offer that up to anyone who follows you as your gift to the world, I mean, that's a blessing for someone like me who's maybe feeling overwhelmed by all the whatever was going on in my life. And then I see, I come across that and it makes me laugh. It makes me want to be playful and like that just resets someone, you know? So how do you stay in that playful spot? Because I'm sure sometimes it's not easy, but you're so good at it and it's so natural for you. I feel like it's who you are. Thank you. Thank you. It, um, it's a tension release, right? Like we all walking around with so much tension and when we can get that bout of laughter, it helps us relieve that tension and go, Oh man, like I think I've been taking myself too serious or I've been taking things too serious. And that's again a lot in my book it's like I grew up with really funny parents that really made fun of everything a lot of times it was making fun of me and but I love that so I love to be teased I love it tickles me so much I love being you know made fun of in the right setting because I've also been made fun of in middle school with other girls that said mean things and that's just a middle school experience right. but generally you know I hear the word making fun of Think about like even just those words, like I'm making fun of a situation that isn't fun. So in a situation that is so like uh, dramatic, if we can wire together kind of our pain to some lightness and tension release, you know, like crying is like a tension release. I just think it's, at least for me, it's helped me get through the hardest times. You know, my mom makes jokes about what happened. It's so funny. She goes, I said, oh, he, my ex-husband, he texted me that he's, you know, he still loves me and that he'll always, 
love me and blah, blah, blah. And then she goes, she goes, and then did he write, oops, wrong person? (laughs) (laughs) I want to be like you guys. I want to be in your family. You have to do it. Oh my God, and it made me, it just, I just laughed because I was just like, you have, what else is there to do? What else is there to do? Am I going to be like, and then he said this, and I'm just going to stay angry and heartbroken for years. Like, I can't live like that. I cannot. I have to see the funny in it. And my brain is wired, like you said, like, it is wired to see what's funny. And I think that is, you know, attributed to my parents and watching Jim Carrey and Robin Williams and Kristen Wiig. And I watched a lot of funny things. And so not only do I like I fill my brain with a lot of humor because what we see and listen to is so important. It's everything. It is our intake. So am I going to watch eight hours of the news and politics and stress myself the F out? So to where I don't feel creative or funny at all and feel like tight and go, okay, well nothing's funny. Or am I going to maybe watch that for a half hour and then combat that with something funny that relaxes my mind so that I'm easily like, so that I'm basically in the state that I was when I was a child, which was, remember how much we laughed as kids? Everything was funny. Everything was funny. The dumbest stuff was funny. Yeah. And that's where I keep trying to go back to um, years later because, it, I mean, it, I know it's a coping mechanism, um, but it's the best, I don't know, I feel like it's, they say it all the time, it's just the best medicine to, to get through. And if we can just dissolve some of that tension worldly how powerful is that so you know do you ever feel um nervous or like insecure about putting yourself out there in the way you do because like i love humor so much but i am not funny like i don't know how to put myself out there in a funny way like if i tried i would feel oh it would just oh not it's not it's not but i love it so much like i love to laugh i love to be around people like you who are so funny like, I enjoy it so much, but, like, I have anxiety because I'm, like, how does she put that out there? Like, how does she, like, not freak out and have, like, a panic attack that everyone's going to say something or whatever? Is it just so natural for you? Like, how do you put yourself out there in such a big way and offer up so many so many sides and so much rawness and realness and you're not scared to not look cute? And, you know, like, how do you, how do, you do that, <laughs> you know? You sing, right? I, well, in my past life, yes, yes, I do sing, but not anymore. I don't pursue it. So, anymore. how did how did you know you were good at it? Well, I always just sort of enjoyed it. So you enjoyed it. So that yeah, that's going to be number one. Actually, is if it's something that you enjoy, the world will generally have fun watching you enjoy yourself. So even if you did a reaction video to watching that video, people will enjoy seeing you enjoy. And so that's like rule of thumb. If we enjoy something, that's a cute, like that's your cue to keep doing it, right? And so I think I, I must have at a young age, like someone or maybe you told yourself, you're good at this, and they applauded what you did. I got that when I did my, when I was eight and did, you know, my dad got me one of those they call it flark cups now, but it was a fart cup that you would put the pity, the putty, it would make the noises. And I did uh, a dance to that when I was eight. 
but I took it really serious. And then I would do the thing behind my back, dancing to like classical music and everyone just started laughing. And so that was my cue that, oh, this is, this is good. I'm good at this. And so I think I just have a unconscious tape going, this is good. I'll keep doing this because it makes people feel joy and that's a good thing. And, you know, I think that's, that's. How do you know what you want to do? Like, how do you know, like, there's so many different types of humor. Like, what is your humor? Because like you, everyone listening, like you got Vine famous when, and then Vine just like shut down or something out of the blue, right? Yeah, died. You had like a billion views. Like you were a Vine superstar. Was that a disappointing day when it just ended? Yeah, because I lost 3 million followers. <laughs> They're all gone. How did Vine just end? I think some some company bought it or something, and a lot of the users went away to different platforms, and so their followers went with them. Okay. It was so disappointing. I didn't really let it sink in until about a year later when I realized that my Instagram wasn't performing as well, and I went and I allowed the numbers to kind of be like, oh, so what's, wait, where are all those people that laughed at my stuff? Yeah. TikTok, TikTok's kind of filling in for that right now, which is yeah. nice. Um, what was the question? <laughs> no, what kind of humor that, oh. what is the humor you're drawn to? Um, I've always done impressions. So like my first impression was of my neighbor where my mom, I was like, mom, who is this? And I went like this. And she goes, oh, my God, that's Ryan. <laughs> she knew exactly who it was just from doing a face. And, and she also laughed. And so, again, I was like, I guess I, it was like the positive reinforcement. And so I like to do, I like to do impressions of people. Um, I like to do impressions of singers. I like to make fun of situations. I'm really good at making fun of, like, valley girls. I, I basically can make fun of things that are already within me and then just times it by 10 and turn it up full volume, you know, cause I'm from the Valley and I, and I've watched Laguna beach. And so I can be like, Hey Steven, you know, and I had, like put on that voice and talk like Western Cavalry and like add like a Starbucks there. And that, uh, you know, like I, I like to it, like put it full force, take a situation and like times it by 10. And I guess because I, my dad was kind of always with a video camera that allowed now when the camera's on, I'm allowed to kind of just go for it. It's like permission. Whereas you might used to, or have your podcast or have a microphone gives you permission to sing. Whereas for me, I love to sing, but, and I'll put it out there now, but for years I was like, Oh, that's so vulnerable. I don't know how people do that. You know, like, so it's, it's, uh, it always goes back to when we're, we're kids. So like, what were we told that we were good at and what, what were we told? that we weren't right. And I was always, I don't know. I think, I think I remember being in third grade and someone, I remember her name, Shauna. She told me, um, you're going to be a comedian. And so I think I was like, okay, I guess I'm going to be a comedian. Like, that's all I knew was like performing. It's weird. When did you know you had arrived and made it? Because, like, Jennifer Aniston follows you and likes your, like, pictures and stuff. And I'm like, okay, Jennifer Aniston likes you, follows you. Like, how did you know that you had arrived? Like, when was that moment? She bought my book, and I started crying. She bought your book? Um, I don't know. She bought my book. 
she sent me a photo of her holding it and I started crying because friends is everything to me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that is what I knew I made it was when she started following me. Up until then, I didn't know. Yeah. I don't think, I don't know what, I don't know what making it is. I still feel like I haven't yet reached my potential or the top or made it at all. I still feel very behind actually, especially social media. I almost compare followers to what I once had. And um, it's just a dangerous place to be. I think. Do you compare like to your vine self? Is that what you're saying? Like when you say falling behind, like you yeah. have over 600,000 followers, you wrote a book and uh, from starting from January to July, you have written and published a book. You have hundreds of thousands of billions of views. I mean, I feel like where where would you feel like you're behind? Because to me, it's like you are crushing. That's so funny. I love that. I love that you see it like that. I think it's uh, it's got to be some sort of internal thing where I'm really about numbers. Like I was very good at math. Um, and so it's like one video will get 2000 comments and then another one will get a hundred and the one that gets a hundred I'm going, Oh, I'll, I'll say that it failed or 600,000 is not 3 million. And so it's almost like I'm always coming up under, which is why I have to keep my mental state focusing on what's good and the gratitude and not look at the numbers, but look at the people that are affected in a positive way and kind of measure it with that. Yeah. Otherwise I will be measuring it with the numbers and kind of always coming up short because algorithms are always changing and stuff, you know? So, um, I think I felt like I had first originally made it when the vine took off Yeah. and there was people following me like every day and you know, all that stuff. Um, and I, I do remember the day Jennifer Aniston started following me and it was the, just the freaking best day ever. It's the best day ever. It was, you die? I was like, even if she just likes the video, that's all that matters to me. Like she knows I die. You exist. She knows you exist. She thinks you're funny. She liked your video. She's into it. Like, yeah, I mean, she, that's it. Like, that's all I need. I don't need it. If it literally just said one person likes it and it's Jen, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. Does she kind of like chat on Insta messages sometimes? Yeah. Stop. Yeah. You chat with Jennifer Aniston on Instagram. I do. What does she like as a real friend? She's so she's so sweet and so lovely. She uses all the heart loving emojis. She's very complimentary. She's inquisitive. She gives a lot of information. Like I have a weird plant outside and she gave me a ton of um, advice on what it was and what to do with it. And then she screenshotted her her hand holding the book and sent it to me and that's and she's like she came and then even when I posted about the book she's like you wrote a book I'm on it like she was just so I I can't even I can't even it's is that my doorbell <laughs> is it Hello? Jen oh, you're right there <laughs> Jen come in <laughs> you need to get your doorbell no 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 my roommate will get it okay. Man, okay, so this kind of goes back into, like, the next part I want to talk about, like, manifestation. Like, do you feel like you manifested Jennifer Anderson into your life? Like, talk to me about how you manifest, because I want to manifest her in my life a little bit. Like, how do you how do you manifest all these things into your life? Because you're big on it, and at the end of their book, you have, like, 30 tips to a happier life. I don't know exactly how you framed it, but 
And talk to me about that part of your life because I, I know that's a really huge part of who you are. Yeah, I absolutely believe in visualization and manifesting and speaking your desires into fruition. I still actually need to keep doing that. Um, but that started in my early 20s when I quit drinking and I, I took a, I became a neurolinguistic programming practitioner. So an NLP practitioner, which is all about language. Mm-hmm. And um, do you know what it is? No, it sounds okay. Like <laughs> oh my God. Well, I took that course and I became a practitioner as like a side hustle type thing of like, you know what, if acting doesn't turn out, I can at least hypnotize people and make their lives better. If someone needs to quit smoking, you know, cause I had an overeating overconsumption problem, hence the alcohol head, but I would like, if I felt anything, I'd go to the donut store, grab an apple fritter, maple bar. Like I would just, I had an overeating issue for what felt like my whole life and it got taken care of with one 10 minute exercise. What was it? Cause I was that same way. I would always eat for comfort and donuts were my jam. Still. I know uh, I still love them, but now I can eat one and feel fine and I won't okay. feel like it's not enough. You don't Whereas, have to under your bed and eat like a whole box and hope no one sees it. <laughs> yeah. Which I did do. Sometimes. Um, Oh, so, so many people. It's, I mean, whenever I had an emotion or felt anything, I still can hear my mom going, oh, she's just hungry. Like, that's what so many parents, they just assume, oh, they're hungry rather than just feel what you're feeling and we'll be, you'll be, you'll feel better in a minute. You know, like, um, what was the exercise? Oh, it was like a, I mean, I didn't do it to myself. My practitioner teacher did it to me. It was like a, it's a hypnosis. It's all like uh, talking with the unconscious mind. So the conscious mind is like the conductor. The unconscious mind is where everything is. All of our behaviors, all of our habits, all of our pictures that we've made and, and stories that we heard is all in the unconscious mind, which is like a five-year-old. It's very literal. It's no sense of humor. It just hears what you say and then makes it happen. And so that's why... Um, affirmations aren't always the best because we don't know if it's getting into the unconscious mind. The unconscious mind works when things slow down and when we are resting, like, so right when we're waking up and right when we're before we're going to bed is the best way. Or when a person gets put under by a a hypnotist. Um, And I don't mean like clap, clap like a chicken or whatever it is. I mean, like just kind of a meditative state of like just total relaxation. Um, and then it asks the unconscious mind certain questions and gets a feel for, you know, what the unconscious mind was trying to do when it picked up the habit of overeating. And it's usually the, 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 the two functions of the mind are usually to control and to protect. And so when a person overeats, they're usually either feeling scared and they're trying to either control or protect the situation. And so I didn't even notice that the change was done because it's so under the surface until I would think I was on set of broad city. And that's my worst nightmare is the crafts table is they would just have the, the, all the food. And I, that's why I hated going to set is because of the stress I would feel about the table. Unless I was like acting the whole day, which was not that common. I was like, oh, God, there's – how am I going to 
eat 15 cookies without people judging me, <laughs> but I would do it. Isn't that, isn't that so, I, it's not hilarious, that's not the right word, but like people, like, the real real versus like the highlight reel, what everyone thinks. Like here you are on the set of this awesome show, do acting, kicking ass, but yet in your mind, you're focused on the craft table. You know, it's like, isn't that nuts? Yeah, we see what we see and then we make assumptions and we just assume everybody's got it together because they look. When, we, when I'm thinking about that, I kind of just look like this. Like just regular. I'm just like staring. Yeah. And so people don't know like, okay, so if I eat two now, then maybe I'll feel fulfilled. Like whatever it is. And I remember going to New York to film that and they had peanut butter cookies and I had one. And then a week later, my practitioner was like, so what's different about your eating? When's the last time you had a cookie? And I was like, what kind of question is that? When, it, when before, I would have been like, I know exactly when I last ate. <laughs> so it ha it, 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 that's how it works. It's not like we all know what to do to lose weight. Right. We all know. And yet a person knows they should stop smoking because it's bad for the health. And yet they're still doing this. So like we can have all the knowledge in the world, but if it's not in our unconscious brain, we're not, it's not going to change. And so that changed in 2015 and I haven't overeaten or over consumed really since maybe once or twice, but really not, not, not really. So was it just like that part of you was healed or like, or was comforted or like, what do you think? Happened? I think so. I don't actually know because I can't really remember the exercise or what she did because it was so long ago. But I think, I think that's exactly what it was. I think she gave me a new, once that neural pathway that used to do that behavior goes dormant and you create a new one that's more effective, it likes to go this way. And so, and so I must have wired somehow in my brain that eating just one satiates me and feels better than eating 10. And so now I'm going down this neural pathway or something. Um, we don't really need to know how it works. We just know that it does, right? Like they've taken care of all the scientific reasons why it's worked. Um, but I highly suggest it if like a person has habits they want to break. Cause I tried everything in the book. I was like, I tried paleo. I tried keto. I tried, if I just take sugar out altogether, then if I can't, you know, it was so all or nothing. And it drove me nuts. It consumed so much of my energy in my day. And now I don't even think about food and I'll have a bagel and I'll have a, and I, it's so, it, I don't even care because yeah. it's not, a, it's not a problem, which is crazy. That's like all I wanted. <laughs> it's just, yeah. You, you seem like you're past it too. And how did you get past it? I mean, or are you? I, uh, had, I struggled with like eating disorders. Like we kind of were talking about, like I overate when I was younger and then like I went through a bout of like bulimia, but not like I was always like, it was always justifiable to me, justifiable to me. Cause I wasn't mm -hmm. like super bulimic. I would just be like sometimes bulimic where it's just mm -hmm. like, I was almost like binge and then I would just purge and it would be like once a week or whatever. And then I would kind of like over exercise to, I would eat a lot and then I would like exercise enough to burn off the calories that I ate and so or then I would take a diet pill for like four days and I would starve myself and not eat anything so I was always doing something and it was like a punishment type thing it was like okay you're gonna binge and then you're gonna punish and it was just like this exhausting life and finally I got into therapy about it when I, I just got into therapy in general because I was like I just need to freaking deal with myself <laughs> and I mm -hmm. don't 
I don't know exactly what changed in me, but I think that I just sort of like what you are talking about. I, I just, I, I, I exposed that I was doing this because it was such a secret for so long. And I think that that, like, I thought that everyone thought that I had it all together and was so great. And I wanted to keep up that perception because I was like, if anyone actually really finds out the truth of my depth of disgustingness, then every, no one would like me and I would, I'm this fraud and I'd be exposed and all this stuff. And so kind of once I like spoke it out loud and started identifying it and talking about it and sort of understanding what, why am I doing that for comfort and like to soothe myself, soothe and, um, and then what really helped me over, really kicked it over is we, my husband and I had tried for a long time to get pregnant and I couldn't get pregnant. We had a couple of miscarriages and it was really um, sad and hard. And then finally I got pregnant and the, like, I was so thankful to be pregnant that I was able to be carrying a child and blessed with this um, new life and the ability to do it. That like the last thing I cared about was how I looked. I was like, I just want to have a healthy baby. Mm. I want to have a healthy environment for this child. And like, I just like myself and like what I used to care about I was like, I don't care at all about me. Like, I just want to make sure this baby stays safe in here. And I think then after after she was born, just kind of like nursing her, feeding her, it kind of like that's really when it all sort of completely left me. So I was like, my body did, did something so amazing, and I'm so grateful for it that I don't want to sit around and just like beat myself up anymore. I'm tired of that. Yeah. So you, you, so you found an easier, softer way, basically. Like... It's kind of like when you take a, a toy away from a kid, you, you have to replace it with another one. Yeah. Our, our mind works the same way. And so it sounds like you found a, a strong enough reason to, you found, it's, who says this? Mel Robbins says the opposite of addiction is connection. Yeah. And so in those moments when I was overeating, like alone on set where I don't know anybody, what's familiar? Oh, the food. But at the minute someone's like, hey, how are you? And let's talk and connect. I'm not thinking about food. Right. You know, I don't need it. Like I'm being fulfilled. I'm looking to be fulfilled in those moments probably. So if I'm feeling hungry, okay, maybe I could call a friend or maybe I could, you know, like in, in the program of uh, a 12 step program, they always say like, call someone if you're feeling the urge to drink or overeat or gamble or sex or whatever it is, like interrupt interrupt the pattern of going to the food or whatever it is with a connection somehow, whether it's your journal, whether it's prayer, whether it's calling a friend, you it's which, walk, connecting with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. These are all great tools. That's what we're looking for is a connection. And it's like, okay, I'm feeling, well, who knows what we're feeling. I'm feeling not comfortable. I'm feeling whatever I'm looking for comfort. And so it's, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Here's the food. Let's do that. Really, there's a million different ways to get that comfort fulfilled. Yeah, and we just maybe didn't know that. Like, nobody told us that we're probably seeking connection, and so here's five things that you can do. We didn't have the option of five things, and now that we have those options, like you had another option was to take care of your body and to take care of the baby, and so that became way more a, a new way to connect for you. And so all of a sudden, the other thing's not looking as appetizing, you know, and in those moments, it's usually about if we can get quiet and say, what, did, what is it that I truly want? Is it food or what, do, what is it I truly want? Oh, I feel scared or I feel disconnected. So I need to get connected. And I, a walk is a perfect thing. Because usually when you get back and walk, you've forgotten all about the thing that 
you want. So you actually studied this? Mm -hmm. You took a course in it. And so now can you perform this on people? Um, I could. Yeah, I, I got my practicing license uh, or certificate in 2013, and it was like 30 days later that I got big on Vine, and I don't think it's a coincidence. I think I removed a lot of unconscious blocks and beliefs because it's all about beliefs too, right? Like if our belief doesn't align with our dream, it might have a hard time happening, and so we have to kind of start to believe that it's possible and and if, the un and if the mind doesn't know the difference between the truth and reality, that's why visualizing is so powerful because we can start to visualize and then the things can come to us. But, and then I got my mac uh, master practicing license in 2015 and I, I absolutely believe that everything I have in my life today is because of the tools that I learned from NLP and all the other seminars that I've, that I've done to try to, yeah, I still have more to do. There's still a lot that I, you know, I have a belief still that I can't grow on Instagram. It's ridiculous. It's like, but I have no problem thinking I can grow on TikTok. Really? It's so weird. It's so weird. That's so interesting. So I need to work on that. But um, I could perform. I haven't. Uh, I'll do it occasionally with a couple friends. I'll like, but I haven't like, I didn't nurture that skill as much as I could have because entertainment kind of took over I still do it on myself like if I if I see a bad picture or hear something that's in a, like if I hear someone say something negative but they didn't mean it for me but I I have to kind of like reframe it in my mind so that I don't take it on because I used to be very 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 empathic to my detriment where if someone started crying I'd start crying and feeling everything and it was like just no way to live and it was just too much um that was kind of like why I got certified in the first place was I was like, I have so much healing to do that I want to be like harmless and helpful in the world. Oh, I, I love felt, that. I love uh, that. Harmless and helpful. I feel that same way. Like obviously we have different lives and stories, but like I am so empathetic to the point where like it is my detriment. Like I will hear about a story. I will internalize what's going on. I will have, I will Oh, just anything that happens that is sad or suffering or pain or someone's not in a good place or it's bad, I will just take it on and I will pile it all on and I will think about it and I will get so sad that I just get stuck there and it's so not helpful. It's not helpful to the actual situation that's happening that I'm totally misinterpreting through my own lens and it's not helpful to me. And yeah. I'm at that place where I'm like, it is not my job to carry the weight of the world. Hey, I can't fix the weight of the world. I can only do my life and where I feel led to go. So like I, I hear you on that. And I am so in admiration that you have taken steps to create boundaries, healthy boundaries in your own life, because that's a big deal. Yeah. I think it changed when someone told me the most effective thing you can do when someone's going through it is, is just be a little bit above them so if they're crying, if you can just kind of allow them to give them the decency of their own experience, it's actually going to be far more helpful than if I join in and cry. And hearing that was like all I needed to go, oh, well, if it's most more helpful for them, if I just hold the space, because I don't want to seem like a robot and like I don't care. I want them to know I care. But actually, it's, it's not as effective when when they're going through it and I interrupt them with <laughs> me now, you know, yeah. because 
Yeah. And so it was like all I needed to start changing kind of the way I held people's pain because it's, it's most effective when they come up with the solution of what to do themselves. When we can have the whole world tell us he's a cheater, he's a scammer, he's a this, but it's not until they come to it themselves where it's the most effective. And when I heard that, I started realizing like, Oh, it's not effective when I cry. You know, you know, this is like, or maybe, I don't know, how old's your child? 10 months. So is it a boy or a girl? Girl. Her name is Sunny. Sunny? Oh, I love that. Well, when Sunny starts to walk and she falls, hopefully, you know, not to go, oh my God. Right? Because like, then she's going to look at you to see how do I feel? Because we look for other people to see how to feel. But if you're like, oh, you're cute. Or maybe you laugh and then she makes a habit out of falling to make you laugh. Like we don't know. So it's like, it's so powerful when we can allow someone to go through what they're going through and just be a little bit above them. It's, it's helped me immensely to deal with people's pain. Because, I again, I want to be helpful. I don't want to intrude. I want to allow them in, and to just be inquisitive and say, and what else? And what else? And get them to kind of do their own thing. Harmless and helpful. That is the best I've ever heard. I'm going to adopt that, if you don't mind. I love that. that is I love it, too. What I do don't you think do? I've ever said that. <laughs> it's like, I just love that. That's just so exactly how I feel in my heart. Like, that's how I want to live my life as well. But I get bogged down by these feelings. So what do you do? How do you emotionally dump? Like, whenever you get, whenever you're above, but you're hearing, holding space for the person with the pain, what do you do with the feelings that you now have because you've heard the story? Like, how do you cleanse that and not carry that with you privately? Like, how do you, you know, you're there for them, but then how do you, dump it for yourself later? Well, I, when they're going through it, I, I have to, in my mind, say, this is theirs, this is not mine. Like, I have to remind myself, someone, I took like an empath class years ago, and the woman, it was an awful, awful class. But the one thing I do remember that I really liked was when I'm feeling something and I don't know where it's coming from, ask myself, is this mine? And if I hear a no, then go, okay, return to sender. Wow. And I, it just for some reason feels so good. Is this my it's a, not return to sender? Return to sender because it, it doesn't do us any good to when someone's dumping their baggage to pick it up. And then what am I going to bring that to someone else? It's like I have to just remind myself in the moment it's happening. This isn't mine. Just breathe allow them like I have to almost talk myself through it and let's say I, I think I've had that habit of doing that now is like allowing them to be where they're at um but let's say you know I don't know writing in a journal after or or I don't know I think that's the way, only way I've done it is just reminding myself in the moment that it's happening um it's not going to do them any good for me to hold on to this Cause I almost used to feel like, well, that's not like, isn't that rude not to take on another per Like, I don't know. I yeah. like you almost owe it to them to feel on the exact level they're feeling or else you don't care as much or something. But it's not helpful. If I think about, if I think about, if I told people, so I, I had that experience with my, with everything that I went through. Right. I told people, my parents, 
friends and they all other than like two women most of them were like what the hell is that son of a and it was it was almost like not it was fun to like rival in that gossipy kind of like juicy you know but it wasn't as effective for my healing i get that totally so and they think they're I can, what you need but really what you need is someone to be above you a little bit and help you to rise up and to help you to come to your own uh, yeah like what a therapist does they don't go yeah he sucks or whatever like they're they're kind of like and like the the women that didn't behave that way which i loved it was fun to do that but then i had to kind of move on we're kind of like and what is that what and what story did you create around that about you mm. like putting in the responsibility on me almost of like and how are you going to move through it so what are you going to do about it not like and not emotionally so it actually gave me a chance to move past and go huh how am i going to move through it and ask myself the questions rather than them telling me what to do it's like questions are so effective yeah Gosh, I'm like, this has been a very spiritual, enlightening interview for me. I am so appreciative that you are sharing all of your hard work with me. I mean, obviously, it's one little interview, but, like, you've done so much good work. Not only are you sensational in what you put out in your talent, but you are sensational in the way you've worked on yourself. I mean, a lot of people don't take the time to do this. That's really amazing. That's really nice to hear. Thank you for saying that. I, I, I love talking about it and I don't get to talk about it a ton because um, I don't get opportunities like this. It's, it's always people asking me about comedy and I'm like, that's exactly why I wrote the book was I was like, oh, I got to put all this juicy, fun, spiritual healing because I felt like I was in a place where I was just drunk and throwing up in public and like a mess. I was a total mess, right? So you have to hit kind of a bottom in your own life to to like pain is admission. So it's not like I was just like, I'm going to research this. It was like, Oh, I have no other options, but to, to grow from here. And so, but I'm so grateful for that, those experiences and, and that pain because it allowed me to seek how to heal from it and how can I respond differently? And I love, love talking about it. So it's music to my ears that you're even, that you even care. <laughs> oh my God. It's all I care about. Like to the point where sometimes my husband's like, can we just not therapize this today? Like, like I understand that we should talk it out, but like, can we just not have a therapy session today? I'm like, listen, it's, you're getting free therapy every day. Cause I want to have therapy sessions about everything. Cause I need to know why things happen, why we felt the way we felt, why I did what we did. Like, how did this make you feel like this happened? I mean, I can't not get to the core of it because I'm so emotionally, I don't know, exhausting. Like I am, I exhausted. I'm the same. I am exhausted. Like that's why like, I love that you have this humor side too, because at least you have a balance. <laughs> you got both sides. I think I'm just like the depth of the emotions half the time. I'm like, I wear myself out. But then when I hear someone like you who's done all this great work, I'm like, that's a relief. That gives me relief to hear that you found relief. Yeah, I think when we understand our, our own neurology at least a little bit, then we can be free in the world. And then we're not, like, you just sound curious. It's good to be curious. I, I love that. I, I definitely will definitely have therapy sessions. I think that's how most of my relationships are with my friends is let's get down to it. Okay. So what's really going on? Sometimes we laugh and stuff and I do have to have that balance. Otherwise 
I get to become a little bit preachy therapy, um, <laughs> which is fine. But I, I also love, I also have the other healing modality of, of laughter and, and joking and making light and fun of situations. Um, but it's important. It's important to know how our brain works because then we can use it to our advantage and go and not be under, you know, take control of our own neurologies basically it so that it, that we're not at the whim of the external world. You know, the world's going to get it. The world's only getting crazier and crazier. Are we going to get dropped like going along with it? Or are we going to go, hold on. I know what to do here. Am I going to take this on? Is this mine? Is there anything I can do about this? You know, like when all these things started hitting, I started feeling really responsible. I have a following. It is my duty to bring all of these coronavirus, Black Lives Matter, all these crazy things. I need to take care of it. Wait, hold on. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. Yeah, like it's I'm not God. Like, no, like, no, it's not. Originally, did you feel like this is my responsibility to address this for everyone with the correct way to address this for everyone? Did you feel that initially? So, so I, yes. And I felt a huge guilt because I didn't know the right thing to say. And I felt like even what I said could be taken out of context. And I just had this huge burden and I have a coach. So I, I, that's always very helpful as well. I have a coach to reflect things to, um, and I have a mentor and I have people to talk to that kind of help guide me. So I can't take responsibility for basically anything, but he goes, well, when coronavirus hit, did you feel a responsibility to come up with a vaccine? And I was like, well, no. He's like, yeah, because that's not your arena. Your arena is to make people laugh and to bring light and love. So that's your job. Stay focused on your job. And I was like, because I was stressed the F out, especially when all the riots and, and, and the, the movement, uh, you know, which I am so passionate about, but it's not, it's not necessarily Manon's responsibility to bring this awareness. The people that are meant to do that are doing it. And so, you know, I can have a voice here and there, but essentially my job is to make funny videos because when I'm in fear and stressed out, I'm not going to make diddly squat. Right. So my jo- let me stay in my lane. My job is to bring lightness and humor. It's not to educate people on the history. <laughs> it's not, no one's coming to my page. It's like, well, how can I learn about Bia mm, Manon? She'll, she'll know what to do. Right, right, right. So, yes. And so when he kind of reframed it like that, I was like, oh, thank God. Because I don't, I don't, I steal myself from learning. Exactly. I, I grew up in, a, I grew up in Los Angeles, California. I had a completely different experience to those who lived in different states. I, I, I'm not the person. I'm not your gal. And I, I, it was too much for me to try to keep up with, with trying to say the right thing because ultimately, ultimately, ultimately my message is always going to be love and vulnerability. Yeah. But, but that's it. Like I can't, I don't really have other things to say. There's, there's um, a movement right now that just started the women's one. I don't know if you've seen it with the black and white photo. Yeah, yesterday. And so I got, you know, challenged to do that. I was like, oh, cute. Okay. I do it. And then immediately I see someone else post, a, a, a somewhat friend of mine, that's, and she said, like, this is the stupidest thing ever. Why don't you post a charity that you're doing? And, da, 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 da. and I was like, oh, my God, that makes so much sense. Why didn't I post a charity? And I allowed the external source to dictate my, my internal state. 
And it's like, we can change the narrative and go, or it's just a day for women and we're empowering ourselves and it's beautiful and just like, let it go. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, like, let's just chill. Like everything. Like, okay. So, so we're all posting selfies. Big deal. Like beautiful. I love myself. I love black and white. I love women. Let's just take a day. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean I'm against, uh, charities. <laughs> well, <laughs> nothing, they're not too connected. Well, and also it's like the point of that challenge has a great point. It's to say here, I'm here for women and motivating and like I'm empowering myself, empowering women. So it's like, yeah, everything doesn't have to be the answer. Like it doesn't have to be, you know, it's like everything we post doesn't have to solve some sort of problem. It can just, and it won't. Yeah. It, it most likely won't because what it, you see a photo and then what two seconds go by and you're in the next one. Right. It, it just doesn't, it, it can't. You know, yes, we can come together and all and our all do our little parts, but we don't need the weight of the world on our shoulders because that's only going to cause stress, and that's what they want. That's what the people want. And also, <laughs> if we all do our part, if we all do what we can do in our own space, then collectively that makes a big difference. Like that's really where the change happens, and when we all do our little part where we can. And where we feel inclined and drawn and, like, really feel like we have a place to serve and, you know, make an impact. Like, if we all did that collectively, wouldn't that just raise us all up a little bit higher and, like, help with all of the issues? Absolutely. And our job is not necessarily to always just post. Our job is to remember to take care of our internal state and our perspective and see what's good about these posts right? Like what's, what's good about the situation to, to re to redirect my focus on how can I help? What's good about this? You know, and that, that's an inside job. Amen to that, man. And I would talk to you forever. You are so fascinating, but I'm sure you have other you things too. to do in your life. So I'm going <laughs> to start trying to wrap up. Um, what have you learned from your comedy career and putting yourself out there and writing this book? Like, what have you learned about yourself? Um, I've learned that I'm a lot more productive during a pandemic. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, no, I, I mean, it's like, I just realized how distracted I was before all this happened. So I think the book would have taken a lot more time. And I don't think TikTok would have, I feel like a kid talking about TikTok, but that's judgment. Um, the less I can judge myself, the less I can judge others. And the more I can keep the, the mind frame of stay open, stay open and give, stay open and give, the more that comes out and the more that wants to play. And writing the book is only telling my truth or telling the truth, I should say, because I got in trouble and someone commented, my, anytime I hear my truth, blah, blah, blah. So, okay, fine. Telling the truth sets me free. And it's only connected me to thousands more people in a deeper way. I just want, I do want to feel like I know everybody that I'm walking this earth with. I don't want anyone to feel like they can't come talk to me. And I don't want to feel like I can't go talk to them. I want to feel connected with everybody that I'm here with during this time. And the way to do that is to go first and to lead and to go, okay, this is, these are my scars or these are my wounds. 
show me yours. I'll show you, I'll show you mine if you show me yours kind of thing. Wow, that's the best way I've ever heard it put. I just relate to so many things you're saying because I feel that same way. I want to feel comfortable and at ease with everybody. I want us all to be in this together. And like that's so true. Go first. Wow, man, it, you, uh, you should write a book. <laughs> <laughs> Let's. <laughs> I have. It's called Funny How It Works. Out. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, thank you. Yeah. Let's be friends. Oh, I mean, I'm already in. I've, I've already touch. Become, like, I um, am already your friend. So I'm so glad that you want to be my friend because I'm like, oh my gosh, man is so. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm. Oh, I do. I do. I absolutely do. Oh, good. 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 I wrap up every interview with "Leave Your Light." What do you want people to know? Um, that we said it earlier was that we are whole and complete already. And we have access to the joy and love now. We need not wait until X, Y, and Z happens to feel it, we can feel it now. So it's like we have the gift within us always. And no one can, no one can remove it unless you give them permission. So profound. So true. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Like I seriously do. I feel just so much lighter even talking to you. Mm, that makes me so happy, and I love your shirt. When women support each other, great things happen. There you go. Uh -huh. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to come on and share your heart and soul and story with me. It really means the world. And everyone, go pick up Manon's book anywhere, I guess, that you can buy a book. Uh, yeah, it's mainly going to be online at Amazon, um, Barnes & Noble, and target websites um and you can find out more information online on my instagram and yeah, tell us at man where can everyone find yeah you? um my instagram is at man and matthews and if you're looking for just spiritual it's at man infestation uh tiktok at man and matthews facebook at man and matthews and then i have a podcast coming out called serious but funny funny i was gonna say you need to have regular conversations like this happening Serious but funny. B-U-T-T. Serious. Serious but funny. It's silly, but it's serious. <laughs> Perfect. It's amazing. Well, Yay. can't wait for that. And congratulations on all your success. And congratulations on you just taking the time to self-discover, love yourself, and go on your journey. That's amazing. And it's so inspiring. Thank you so much, Caroline. Really appreciate you. All right. Send me a big hug. Hey, back at you. This is awesome. Thank you so much, Bannon. Thank you. Diamonds Direct has done it again. This month only, get ready for an offer you can't resist. Buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. That's right, a stunning diamond tennis bracelet at no extra cost. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. So hurry into Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet will not last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. 
During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.